We are facing an unprecedented challenge because we are now competing with a new asset class, and it is the home office. And whether you or I agree that it's a good office, it's still a competition. And 100%. it's one that we haven't dealt with before. Yep. I think it presents us with a remarkable opportunity. On today's episode of Further Faster, we connect with founder and CEO of LulaFit, my good friend, Colleen Warner. Colleen graduated from the University of Michigan and founded LulaFit in 2014. LulaFit has evolved from a fitness and wellness management company to a full service amenity operator that builds communities within office and multifamily buildings. LulaFit currently manages amenities in 78 buildings across the country. Colleen, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Matt. Super excited about having you on on this podcast. Um, you know, this is this is a topic that I've been really excited to talk about. Uh, really, you know, building amenities, uh, the future of building amenities. Um, and I, I honestly think there's no better person to talk to about this uh, than you. And obviously, working with you at 500 Michigan, have seen the true benefits of, of your platform. You know, from a consulting side uh, on the front end, and then hopefully also on the operations side. But um, appreciate you coming on. Want to talk a little bit about your history first. I want to hear a little bit about, you know, how you, how you launched LulaFit, but I, I believe it started with, um, you being a professional ballerina. And so tell us a little about that and then, um, how, uh, how you got started with LulaFit. So is that not a common track in real estate that you go from ballet to, to real? <laughs> you haven't heard that I one mean, before. listen, <laughs> listen, I, I sold, I sold ski boots, uh, to a, a guy and that's, that's how I got into commercial real estate. So, I mean, I, I don't think there's any perfect way to get into any business. So no, I, I've generally, I, again, I don't know the full story. So I, I, I want to hear it. Yeah. So, um, so I, I founded LulaFit in 2014 in Chicago, but as you, as you mentioned, I spent the first 10 years of my career as a professional ballet dancer. Um, it's a pretty crazy career to be in. I, I think maybe even a little more nuts than commercial real estate, which is probably what really well prepared me to be in this profession. Um, but yeah, I, I started, uh, dancing professionally and when I was 14, um, and, you know, danced all over the country in New York and Miami, California. Um, and I got really injured, um, and I ruptured my plantar fascia. So anybody who has plantar fasciitis can probably relate. It's about like 100 times more painful than that when the, the entire thing goes, but um, I, I ended up not being able to dance for almost a year and a half. So at that time, I uh, applied and went to college, which is honestly not really something that professional ballet dancers do, especially when they're already working. Um, and I went to University of Michigan. And while I was there, I was, I mean, I was like any professional athlete you've probably heard of, right? I was very competitive and I was very obsessed with fixing myself. Like I did not want to, I was struggling with injuries from this really bad, you know, foot injury. And I really, really wanted to learn everything I could about my body. So I couldn't be so dependent on doctors to kind of, you know, help me. And I was like, you know, living at physical therapy and acupuncture and all that kind of stuff. So I ended up dual majoring in kinesiology. And that's kind of what led me into this career in well-being. I really became just completely obsessed with the fact that our bodies are the most sophisticated piece of technology we're ever going to own. And I was literally a professional athlete and didn't really know anything about my body, which is probably how I got so injured. 
um, and kind of like, you know, came into my adult life and into the real world looking around and being like, wow, no one, no one really understands how this works. And that's probably why we end up, you know, sitting in, in cubicles all day and kind of uh, working ourselves to death. So I think at that time is when I started to realize like how companies and like the built environment and commercial real estate started to have, it's, it really has such a major impact on, you know, all of the things that have a measurable in, in effect on productivity, right. And creativity and ROIs when it comes to, you know, human capital that companies have. And so that was like my initial kind of, that's how I kind of took this, this ballet and very movement focused background and kind of looked at, you know, commercial real estate and, um, you know, and said, huh, this is, this is an interesting connection. Not to mention the fact that I was totally broke. So the idea of being able, being able to use other people's spaces to fulfill my, you know, wellness dreams felt like a really good idea. Um, because there's no way I could have just like, you know, opened up my own, you know, brick and mortar studio. And so, you know, I, I guess it worked out. I was, I, I was a hustler early on and, uh, and, you know, did well in my dance career. And then um, I was like dancing professionally, living in Chicago and was living in this building with um, some amenities and nobody. Which, which building, which building, which, which building was it? It was the, it was the hot building that everyone moved to out of uh, University of Michigan, one West Superior. So it was basically like living in a college dorm again. Um, and it was not like the nicest, newest building on the block, but it was nice enough. Right. And it was, it was large. So, and they had kind of just put the money into their amenity floor. And I would, I used that gym like every single day. Like I would go down and do work in the amenity, like in the space, I went to the pool and like it was, I mean, aside from the pool in the summer, I mean, there was just not a ton of usage. And so I, I really wanted to figure out like how I could, again, kind of fulfill my wellness side. Right. I was teaching, um, fitness, Pilates, yoga, you know, you name it, I was doing it in wellness. And I was like, man, this would be so cool if I could kind of take this like boutique concept and put it in these multifamily buildings. So I did. So I started to go like sell B2B. Um, our first client was this really gorgeous condo building in Lincoln Park called Lincoln Park 2550. They're still a great client of ours today. And it was because the director of my dance company lived there. And she like made the introduction. They had just built the building. They were looking for someone to run their wellness amenities. And they were like one of the first buildings in Chicago to have a, a fitness studio, which is hilarious because it, it, it's so tiny. It only holds like four people, but it was just, it was awesome. And I ended up teaching, you know, like all the classes there myself at first. And I mean, literally some of those, those people in those buildings, my early clients were like literally at my wedding. I mean, they're, I'm still so close to them today. So it was great. And I, I just, I think I just saw how the community was built. Um, you know, I mean, you know, you had people from 40 years of age to 75 years of age coming to the same classes and becoming friends. And they had this social circle outside of the wellness programming and events that we were doing. And it just was like, wow, this really works. Um, and then I think I got like, probably 18 no's from like so many other buildings in Chicago. Like nobody else wanted to do it. And this is like 2013, you know I mean? This is like, so I didn't have a company yet. I was just like, a, and were you, one, were you I recommending was to, Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Were you, were, did you have a team of people or are you just one person at that time saying, Hey, listen, I'll do classes out of your building. No, I was one person. And one of the residents in the building was helping me. So I would like teach classes and then go to rehearsal all day and then come back to the building and like sit in her condo. And she like helps me put together 
she was like an executive at Enterprise Holdings for 30 years. She was like super smart. I'm so close with her and she's on my advisory board today. And she would, she literally taught me how to like cold call buildings and like put together my pitch and, you know, she and was like, this all multifamily me. buildings. Was this yeah, all multifamily all, buildings at this time? Yeah, so this at this point, there was no thought of, you know, doing office buildings. There, every multifamily developer was like laughing me out of the room when I was asking them if they would like pay for, you know, classes and events for their residents. It was like a joke. I mean, they were like, are you kidding? Like what? Um, and then all of a sudden, I mean, honestly, one of the big developers to take a chance on me was the five fields, Randy and C five fields. And they obviously, especially at that time, you know, 2014, they were building, I mean, they had a ton of products in the market and I basically like walked up to them at an event. They introduced me to their, you know, head of marketing and one of their VPs, they sat me down and then they gave me like five buildings. I think like at one time I was like, Whoa. So I hired a team you know, I, I put it, I pulled it together. I mean, I was still dancing full time. <laughs> so this is like, you know, my side hustle. I was, I would be like in the corner in the studio, like building the business on the side when I wasn't, you know, required for rehearsal. And it was crazy. It was crazy times. I would like leave rehearsal on my lunch break, like in my like dance clothes, drive down to the loop, you know, change like into a suit, run into a meeting with like a landlord, go back, get back into my dance clothes, drive back up to the north side for rehearsal, dance for another four hours and then teach at night. It was, I, I, I don't really know how I survived or did it. I guess I was just, you know, why do you, why do you think they were so receptive? Why do you think they I were think, so receptive at the time? I think they were just like the space speaks for itself. Right. I mean, it's hello, like who wouldn't come and use this gorgeous space. Right. Which I think I mean, you and I have both heard before. Um, and I mean, honestly, yeah, of course, the space was gorgeous, but people don't know how to use these spaces. You have to teach them how to use amenity spaces. So, you know, fast forward a couple of years to, um, you know, 2016, and we were, I mean, we had blown up in multifamily. I mean, we were, we, we were doing every major multifamily project in Chicago and, you know, getting a lot of calls from other markets. Um, at that time, I had grown a pretty large team. I mean, the year before that, we'd grown by like 400%. So it was it was a large growth period. Um, I actually ended up retiring from dancing professionally at the beginning of 2016 because the business had just exploded. And commercial office, kind of looking over at commercial office and seeing this like very very antiquated amenities model, was a little bit interesting, right? I mean, in multifamily, it was like the more out of the box, the more fun like that you can do, the better. And commercial office still had like a traditional fitness center manager, a traditional concierge. I was like, wait, so someone just like sits at a desk and books a conference room and like makes dinner. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is, what do you mean? Like, look at the workforce that's coming in. I'm, I'm working with them on the multifamily side. Like this is what they want. And so, um, you know, it was just, it, you know, finding a couple of those, those early, you know, partners and the right, the right buildings to kind of take a chance on us. And then, obviously exploded from there. And now we're in, you know, states across the, the country from, you know, New York and Philly to California to Chicago and heading down South soon. So yeah, it's been, it's been a really crazy ride with, with amenities. That's what, for sure. And what was the first office building that you were in? Oh gosh. So I think it was kind of like a few at the same time happened. Um, we did like 525 West Van Buren we were doing 150 North Michigan, like a couple smaller properties that were like, all right, like we really want to start competing. We don't have the nicest amenities. 
let's put some really quality programming in to drive people to the amenities floor. And it worked. And so then we started to get really cool projects, like some that you might know, right, which is, you know, uh, 155 Wacker, the Aon Center. Now we do the old post office and we run now, you know, exclusively for Silverstein Properties, their entire portfolio across the country. And we run their Inspire Your Day program. So obviously it's grown a lot from just those those small office buildings, but that's where it started. You know, just we really had to prove that. I mean, obviously we were a young team. We were throwing out some really innovative and crazy ideas. And I think as soon as we got, you know, data that showed that we could engage tenants in the industry like nobody else, it was it was a no brainer. And that's that's what we continue to do. Right. So, you know, while most when you when you have a traditional you know, fitness center operator, for example, right? And they're only delivering fitness program and they're talking about fitness and they're talking about nutrition. You're only capturing what 20% maybe of a building population. But when you look holistically at well-being, right? And what people actually want, we're looking at it not only from physical well-being, right? Like, so yes, of course, we want to have like a really cool fitness program. But we also want to focus on people's mental well-being and their social well-being. And so we talk about stress resilience. We talk about recovery and rest. We talk about social wellness, food, nutrition, movement, and ergonomics, like all of these different things that make up what an amenity space is, which is this super dynamic space that should create, you know, this enhanced workplace and, and tenant experience, right? So these programs have to bring very unique activations to buildings that should bring out the differentiation. But more importantly, you really got to focus on who those tenants are, right? What do those people want? So I think, you know, we did that well from the beginning, probably because we started at multifamily. And quite frankly, you're just never going to get a 22 year old to show up to anything that isn't cooler than the hundred other things they have to do. So I think we were just challenged right from the beginning to be able to do that. And we were able to bring that over to office. And, and, you guys have evolved uh, substantially since you guys launched. And it's now it's not that you're just running amenities and you're operating amenities and you're coming up with programs. But for for example, like what you're doing for me at 500 North Michigan, you're also doing consulting. Talk to me about the consulting, because to me, of all the services that you folks offer, I think the consulting aspect is by far the most important. And I think what we have learned over the years is that um, as building owners, um, we, we just kept on wanting to try to go bigger and bigger and have the biggest and the best. But I think what we found out is there was a lot of waste. And despite even operating some of these amenities and having folks like you operate them, they weren't they weren't getting, you know, the, the use out of them that everyone expected. You weren't getting the return on our ROI. So talk to me about what you folks, um, how you have evolved and now you're doing work on the front end side, meaning coming in you know, to a landlord, working with the architecture on the front end, architect on the front end, and helping them to design the space to get the biggest ROI um, on the spaces that they're designing. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you hear like design development consulting, like most people, it, yeah, I think what's standard in the market right now is just like procuring equipment, right? Like whether it's procuring fitness center equipment or, you know, F&B equipment, like whatever that is. And I think we try to take like a different process when it comes to consulting, we're the operator of the space, right? So when we are looking at a project, we want to start with like a whiteboard session for our client. This this really came from walking into so many spaces and it was like, wow, this is gorgeous. 
And then 10 minutes later, it was like, I would have done this differently, this differently, this, right? Like there's a laundry list of things that almost needed to be changed immediately. And quite frankly, like in the last, like 2017 and 2018, we worked on probably half a dozen projects where as soon as we went in, there was a construction project that had to start because something had to be redone. Like something, like a locker room had to be ripped out or, you know, a, a lounge had to be made bigger or like space had to be reallocated the way you know, a tenant entered and exited the space. So we were like, okay, when, when can we get in, right? And now we know it's, you know, typically one to four years before a project is actually done um, to sit down with all of the parties, right? So the ownership group, the leasing group, the property management group, if there is one yet, we're hired a lot of times before them. Um, and then also, you know, really trying to understand with, from the architect, from the interior design, the landscape architect, what is like what we call the DNA of this space, right? The differentiators, the nuances, the attributes. And we want to work together to really refine the, a dynamic and pioneering, you know, concept that obviously is going to meet the needs of the tenants, but it's going to go so far beyond that, right? So first we have to look at what is the business model, right? What is the business design? How do we want people to experience the space? What are going to be the spaces that actually are here? Like you can't go all out on every single aspect. You really need to decide, is it going to be, you know, food, right? Is it going to be fitness? Is it going to be conferencing? You know, and so what what are we really going to enhance from that space? We'll actually work with the architect to make sure that as operators, we're considering, again, how people are entering the space. What is the experience as they're walking through? What different, you know, attributes are they running into as they're, you know, guiding themselves through the space and making sure that it's super intuitive, but also super operationally efficient, right? So can we save on staffing costs later by the way the space is designed? The answer is yes, if it's done intelligently and if it's done by the operator. Um, and then obviously we're, we're going to put together a plan for how the space is going to come to life, right? What does it look like pre-opening? So Obviously, we're doing a lot of like, you know, spec analysis and market analysis, but we're really defining what is the experience? What is the brand experience? What is the experience for the user in the space? What's the business model design that goes along with that, right? So is the space going to make money, right? Or is it going to be a true amenity? What is what is going to happen from that? And then we're putting together this big pre-opening impl implementation. And the newest thing we've added in there is this well certification support, especially in the, over the last, you know, six months. Um, and that, that's been you know, even even more enhanced um, with COVID. But obviously this, you know, having a well building is really important to tenants right now. And it's extremely important to the employers because employees, you know, want a well workplace. They want to go into a place that makes them feel good. And so that's that's been um, we have a well AP certified professional on our team and, you know, she works with our clients to ensure that they can meet that well certification support. And then the services that we're going to put in later are also going to help them achieve the highest level of well that they can. So let's talk about post COVID. So I, I think that is a million dollar question right now. I think it, it's a concern that a lot of building owners have building owners that have just amenitized their buildings have just spent a substantial amount of money to do, you know, tenant lounges to do new fitness centers. And then obviously there's a lot of owners out there that, um, haven't spent the money yet. So what is the advice that now you're coming and giving post-COVID to to these different groups? So let, let's start with someone who has maybe not renovated their building. Um, you haven't renovated your building. You had plans to renovate your building. Now we're going through this COVID thing. 
Um, there's clearly a lot of concerns about, you know, being in high dense space. Uh, what would you tell a, a client who you're working with before, you know, COVID hit, who may have hit the pause button? What would you tell them to to do today as it relates to how they amenitize their, their building going forward? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, obviously I don't have a crystal ball, right? Neither do you. But what we do know is that we are clearly in a very scary moment. And I don't think we can ignore that, right? Like this is <laughs> this is very strange times. Um, and there are things happening that there is no precedent for. But on the other hand, it's pretty safe to assume that like any moment in history, like any war, like any crazy event that's happened in the history of our country, people have pretty short-lived memories, right? So we know that, you know, the, the what I would call the quote-unquote winners, right, of this time, I mean, I think this is an amazing opportunity from anyone to go to from a class A landlord to a best-in-class world-renowned landlord. And that that moment happens right now, right? That moment happens when you say, yep, we are in a really scary time. And I don't exactly know how people are going to react for the next 12 months. But what I do know is that eventually we're going to come out of the other side of this. And I have to take what we've learned during this time and apply it to build the office space of the future. So for a landlord who hasn't started a project right now, I think there's two things to consider. One, and I'm, I'm sure certain you'll agree with me on this as I'm, I'm, I know many tenants complain about this, but there's really no better time to do construction than when your building only has, you know, a few hundred people in it a day. Uh, I mean, or, or there's no getting around that. When construction, or when construction pricing is down 20 to 25 percent, um, right. which is also a so, huge opportunity for those who, exactly, who, who have is, not renovated their buildings yet. Exactly. This is such a massive opportunity to really do this work because it is work, right? I mean, it, it can take up to a year to really get a project, you know, not only conceptualized, but then, you know, actually construction started and off the ground. And so this is a really good time to do that work. Most importantly, though, and I would say this to any class of, of landlord, um, and, and quite frankly, anybody in real estate in general, whether you're, you know, uh, you know, working on the, the landlord side, the tenant side, this is the time where we get, this is really a special moment for real estate, in my opinion, because we get to redefine what it is to go to work. And honestly, it, it's, it's really not perfect. It's not great. We can do so much better. And we haven't really innovated in the last, I don't know, 400 years, right? Definitely not in the last 50 very much. We're, we're just starting to integrate, you know, technology into our properties. We're just, but at the end of the day, we haven't taken enough steps. And what we're hearing from the, you know, the employees of our customers is that, you know what, I, I'd actually rather be somewhere else. And work is hard home enough. Home office. We, yeah. We're competing with this new asset class, as, as you just said, the home office. And it is no longer acceptable and, and good enough to just build a pretty space and, and put it on the employer to figure out how to get people to be excited about being there. If you really want to be a best in class landlord, you're going to partner with those, with your tenants, with those employers and build a space, build an experience, build a culture where they're, they might be launching a work from anywhere program, but we know that the projects that we're involved in can compete with that because at the end of the day, people might be able to be anywhere, but they want to be at work. And I think that's the, yeah, that's the opportunity we have, right? We, we can do that. We have the means, we have the resources, we have the tech, we have the programs, we have the, right? We've got all the players. 
And so now we need to figure out how do we all come together and really start to define these spaces and make sure that we're building a space that people want to actually go to. Would you would you build the space the same way as you would have built it four months ago? Well, that's a good question. I don't think amenities. I, you know, we use the word amenities and, and we all in our heads immediately think that one floor, right? That one space in the building where everyone should go. I think that completely. Has I'm again, I'm a, I've done multiple full floor amenity floors. I've had this conversation a lot lately. And I think that is the thing of the past. I think the, the, the way to evolve the way, you know, the true next next is bringing the amenities down to the lobby level. And I know this is totally contrary to what anyone is going to think right now. Um, but I really believe bringing it to the lobby level where you can engage the public population as well and create a really dynamic chaotic space. Again, I know no one wants to go to any chaotic spaces right now, but that's where I really felt the trend was going. You, you use a Hoxton is a perfect example of a place where, you know, I see real estate brokers working all the time. And I'm like, you have an incredible office. Why are you working here? But um, people do like to work in a chaotic atmosphere where there's a lot of people and inspires them. And I, I was really starting to feel like, okay, if you tour 10 buildings in Chicago, you tour 10 full floor amenity floors. Like, how do you even differentiate yeah. at that point? Bringing the things down to the lobby level, in my opinion, allowing the public public to help engage these spaces, to make them feel busy, to make them feel more activated, may be an, a new way to actually, you know, bring an additional life to these spaces. Yeah. And I, I listen, I, do I think it's going to be, I think there's a lot of different ways in which we can build amenities. I think to, to, you know, to look at the amenities as only one space in the building or one section in the building is where the first mistake happens. So whether it's on the, you know, hundredth floor or the first floor, the bottom line is that if we really listen to tenants, right. And we've been doing a lot of, we, we just did this huge research study where, which we're going to publish in a, in a few days. Uh, we interviewed, you know, almost a thousand people, both employers and employees and, and landlords included in that, right, on what, you know, what do you want from amenities when you come back? And one of the biggest pain points we're hearing right now from employers, right, is maintaining their culture. And I think we've got to listen to that, Matt, right? We've got to understand, okay, so in general, our tenants, right, these these companies are trying to, it's, it's more than just the building. They're trying to get their employees back to to their bubble, right? They want them in their purview. And so I think we have to rethink amenities just being this shared building amenity, right? Yes, we want to create that community of this shared building amenity, but we also need to work with individual tenants to figure out how we can bring amenities onto their floor and share sure. the programming with them as well, right? So if you've got a managed amenity space, now you're bringing some of that management right up into your tenants' floors that you're helping them be a part of the building community at large, but you're also helping them build their own community within their space. And Wait, I think so you work, be will, a really... will you work with, will you work with tenants directly? So that's, that brings up a really interesting point. So, okay, you're hired by the building to run building amenities, but is there a part of your business that you think will evolve to where you start helping tenants curate and activate and create experiences within their own space. Is that something you're thinking about doing? Is that something you guys are already doing? Because I think that's one way to compete with the home office, right? If you want employees to come to your space, you may need to focus more on your space and your space needs to become more experiential. So does Lula Fit also become, you know, are, are you no longer cold calling multifamily and cold calling, you know, buildings and maybe are you cold calling tenants? Yeah. And, 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 you just asked a really good question. It's it's our fastest growing vertical in the last four months. 
So without a doubt, this is, I mean, this is it, right? And, And this is the way that we can show up for landlords as well. Because by the landlord bringing this resource to their tenants, I mean, that's, that's who's calling us, right? Is the, the tenants in the buildings we're working, the ones who know us. And they're like, hey, I, you know, we're, we're looking for right now a virtual program that we can do for all of our employees. You know, we're using your virtual amenities app in the building. We have 50 offices across the country. Can you, can we get the rest of our employee population on it? And, and then, you know, now we're starting to discuss with some of them, what do their physical spaces look like as they come back? So I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, that is, I think, part of the future, right, is, is you know, the best way that we can help real estate as, as a whole and help and help uh, landlords is by supporting the people that, you know, keep us all employed, right, which are these companies. And they, you know, 70 percent of the managers that we interviewed um, were like, we don't think work from home is working. <laughs> we, we don't know how to measure productivity and success of our teams which is something that as, as a business owner, right, and as, as companies, we're going to have to get better at because we can't measure productivity based on like the amount of time someone spends at their desk. I don't think that will work for the future of office either, right? Because we know people don't want to be tied down to their desk. But if we can build really functional spaces, really, you know, awesome programs and experiences, and we can help better educate managers on how to actually measure output, Right. What is the ROI of what this person is doing for you? Not can they sit at a desk for 100 hours a week? We're going to be able to, again, redefine what work is, how we do it, and hopefully really get people to start to enjoy it again. Um, And I think there's a lot of examples, you know, in the I mean, look at flying. Right. I mean, you know, 50 years ago, it was really this like unbelievable experience. You know, people dressed up. They got on the airplane. Um over time, it kind of deteriorated, right? I mean, there was like this, like now, you know, now you're being, you know, carted in lines and you're waiting and TSA. And so now you see these airlines, some of these airlines coming out to really be best in class airlines, right? Like Qantas. And they're, they're talking about the experience of travel, right? I mean, would you ever think that getting on a plane and going to China would be fun? No, but you watch their commercial and you're like, you know what? I, I could be stuck on a plane for 20 hours. Sign me up. And so I think that's, you know, and it's a, it's a weird example, right? But I think we have the ability to do that same thing in in office. It's like, we're not, we can't just provide the basics anymore. That's just not the world that we live in. And so how do we really, again, we need to compete with the home office. We need to compete with this huge flexibility and work. We need to embrace it. And we need to build something that is going to be able to give all of those things, um, you know, to these tenants and, and to their employees so that they continue to come back and thrive. And and so while tenants aren't in buildings and buildings are 10, 15, 20 percent occupied right now, and obviously you have contracts with buildings where you operate their amenities. Are there any things that you've been doing for those folks um, during this down period to help them try to continue to build community within their buildings, even, even, even though nobody's there? Yeah, so we have a virtual amenities app that has been massively successful um, and we're putting a lot of time, money and resources into it right now. We're continuing to build it. We've. We're about to launch our, our third version of it um, this coming fall. Um, it's been very successful. And then also, you know, on behalf of our tenant, uh, excuse me, our landlord partners, actually reaching out and, and working with each individual tenant in the building and, and hosting custom virtual experiences for their teams, right? So doing, you know, a, a custom virtual trivia night where their CEO gets to co-host with our team, 
So they're building those connections. Um, and so that's been wildly successful. Um, and then we actually, you know, now that things are, are beginning to reopen, we're, we're doing light staffing models. We're opening up the spaces. Um, we actually have one very, very large building in Chicago where um, about four, this week alone, about 47% of the people who came into the building came into the fitness center. And we can tell by their trends, basically, that in the data that we're collecting, that they actually came to the building just to use the fitness center. So we're now our land. Yeah. So now our landlord partners are like, huh. So can we ramp up more hours and do right? Because if this is driving people back in, this is a really good idea to continue to open. So, you know, we, we are obviously have a trust with our, our members in some of these spaces that they know we're opening safely and we're, we're following proper protocols. And so they're using the space. And I think that's a really good sign for, for you know, shared spaces and amenities in general. Well, I'm, I'm really feeling like the new vertical for LulaFit is really working with the end users, working with the tenants on a direct basis and working with them on their plans and on their future plans and on their future spaces and how to make their spaces an experience and how to interweave all the things that you're doing for buildings within their spaces. And I wonder if over time that the onus becomes more on the tenant to provide the amenities and this experience um, and less on the owners. So truly appreciate you coming on. I mean, as you know, I think the world of you, you, your energy is super contagious. I love our conversations. We, you know, every time I feel like we get in a room, we come up with some new cool creative ideas. You've been an absolute pleasure to work with. Um, 500 North Michigan is, is going to be super cool. We're super fired up and uh, I'm looking forward to working on a lot more projects with you guys. I really, I really think you guys are always, you know, focused on what is the next, next. I feel like you're a step ahead, a step ahead of everyone. And um uh, really, really appreciate uh, your friendship. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I, you know, there's uh, there's something in me that just probably from from starting in ballet that just you know keeps me constantly pushing for for more and innovating. And it's so fun to work with such a like minded person. I know you are at the same way, and I know anything we touch together is going to be massively successful. So.